Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Big Ten Network volleyball analyst and digital host Emily Eamon. IU women's basketball wins the Big Ten Championship for the first time in 40 years, and IU men's basketball wins at home against Illinois. We'll have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU athletics, so let's talk sports. We will start with number two Indiana women's basketball, picking up three wins this week. Monday night at Ohio State, 13th ranked, 83-59. Thursday against 12th ranked Michigan, 68-52. And Sunday afternoon, 83-60 against Purdue in front of a sold-out Simon Scott Assembly Hall. In the Ohio State game, Mackenzie Holmes, 33 points. Sarah Scalia, 24 points, 6-8 from three-point range. Grace Berger, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Hoosiers led 54-29 at half. Ohio State outscored the Hoosiers 30-29 in the second half. Against Michigan, Mackenzie Holmes, 27 points. Chloe Moore McNeil, 13 points. The Hoosiers led 42-28 at halftime. The Hoosiers outscored the Wolverines 26-24 in the second half. Before the game, there was a moment of silence for the victims of the Michigan State mass shooting that took the lives of three students and halted sporting events on campus last week. The Michigan players, coaches, and staff wore t-shirts supporting the Spartans, and our thoughts and prayers are with the Michigan State community as they return to action on Saturday as the women took on Maryland at home and the men went to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. In the Purdue game, in front of a sold-out Simon Scott Assembly Hall for the first time in IU women's basketball history, and breaks the attendance record set earlier this month of 14,046 against Iowa. The Hoosiers win the share of the Big Ten Championship for the second time in school history, the first since 1983. The 1983 team was on hand today as it's the 40th anniversary. Mackenzie Holmes led the way with 20 points. Grace Berger, 14 points and 10 assists as she and Alyssa Geary celebrated Senior Day. Chloe Moore McNeil, 14 points. Sydney Parrish, 13 points and 10 rebounds. Yardan Garzone, 12 points. Again, the Hoosiers, second time being Big Ten. 10 champions. They have a chance to clinch it outright next Sunday at Iowa, 2 o'clock, 26-1, 16-1 the Big Ten. That is the most wins in Big Ten Conference history, and they complete the non-conference, the conference, or the home season at Simon Scott Assembly Hall with a perfect 16-0 record. Number 14, Indiana men's basketball lost at Northwestern 64-62 Wednesday night before bouncing back Saturday afternoon in Simon Scott Assembly Hall for a 71-68 win over Illinois. In the Northwestern game, Trace Jackson Davis, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Race Thompson, Jalen Hood, Shafino, 13 points each. Miller Cop, 3 points against his former team and heard it from Northwestern students with profane chants directed at him. Boo Booey scored 21 points and hit the game winner. Northwestern led 39-20 at half, and the Hoosiers outscored the Wildcats 42-25 in the second half. 
In the Illinois game, Trace Jackson Davis, 26 points and 12 rebounds, and he passes head coach Mike Woodson for fifth place on the all-time scoring list. Jalen hood Shafino had 13 points, Miller Kopp had 12 points, Race Thompson had 10. The Hoosiers trailed 38-35 at half and outscored the Illini 36-30 in the second half as Illinois was without leading scorer Terrence Shannon Jr. due to a concussion. The Hoosiers prevail 19-8 overall, 10-6 in the Big Ten, up next tomorrow night at Michigan State, 9 o'clock on ESPN, Saturday in West Lafayette against Purdue, 7.30 on Fox. High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. In the girls' semi-state semifinals and championships in Class 4A at Southport, Bedford North Lawrence beats Center Grove 50-43 and beats Lawrence North 47-40 to advance to the state finals. In Class 3A at Jasper, Indian Creek beats Indianapolis Bishop Chastard 78-47 but loses to Cordon Central 48-42. And in the Class 1A semifinal at New Albany, Jack Sendell beats Bloomfield 44-34. The state championship games are this Saturday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. In Class 1A, Lanesville versus Bethany Christian at 10:30. 2A, Forest Park and Lapel at 12:45. 3A, Cordon Central and Fairfield at 6. And in 4A at 8:30, Bedford North Lawrence and Fishers face off. In boys basketball, Edge would be Northview 66-60. Indian Creek beat Lighthouse Christian 67-52. Bloomington North beats Columbus North 48-45. Bloomington South beats Evansville Central 74-45. Mitchell beats Edgewood 79-50. Pleasant View Christian beats Lighthouse Christian 60-56. Bloomington North beat Floyd Central 78-71. And Jennings County beats Bloomington South 76-50. In the state finals at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Crown Point wins the state title with 167 points. Bloomington South finishes 8th with 35 points. Bloomington South senior Delaney Ruhlman is runner-up for the third year in a row at 170 pounds. He joins Patrick Cassie from Bloomington North from 1993 to 95 and Bloomington South Randy May from 1974 to 76 to appear in a state finals championship match three years in a row. 106-pound Bloomington South sophomore Cameron Meyer finished fourth place in the boys' swimming sectionals in East Central Bloomington North. 415 points, four individual titles in all three relays. Bloomington South, 368 points, two titles. As the Bloomington schools won nine of the 12 events, Edgewood was 13th with 16 points. Max Miller, Bloomington North, Quinn Balcom of Edgewood, and Michael Tierney of Bloomington South will all compete in tomorrow's diving regional at Jasper. In girls' gymnastics, Bloomington North second with 138 3-5 in Bloomington South, third with 103.7 at the Conference Indiana meet. Bloomington South wins a three-way meet, 102.875, Seymour 95.575, and Edgewood 86.15. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we will talk with Big Ten Network volleyball analyst and digital host Emily Eamon. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. 
we can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Did you know that 1 in 59 people are diagnosed with autism and 78% of them also have a co-occurring mental health condition? This is why the world should pay more attention to autism if you know nothing about autism and it's time to be educated about this extremely significant topic. Everyone should have at least a tiny bit of knowledge about this topic so people like me can be in society just like you. Be part of the solution by visiting AutismRocksAndRolls.com. There you will find important information as well as a link to my podcast. Check out AutismRocksAndRolls.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dylan Wallace, sports editor at the Seymour Tribune, and I listen to Talking Sports on the South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest, she is back for her third appearance on the show. Talk all things volleyball, Big Ten volleyball analyst, digital host for the Big Ten Network, and of course, Bloomington's own Emily Eman. Emily, of course, it's always a pleasure to have you. Always excited to catch up with you and talk Big Ten volleyball. And thanks again for taking the time to join me. Yeah, it's always fun when I'm on here. Third time's a charm, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You got that. I'm sure there'll be many more appearances. Obviously, the Big Ten last year had six teams in the NCAA tournament, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue. However, none of them make it to the Final Four. It was Texas winning over Louisville and then San Diego, Pittsburgh in the semifinals. Were you surprised that the Big Ten got shut out after Wisconsin, Nebraska got to the finals in 21? Yeah, I think it's surprising anytime, you know, the Big Ten isn't in it. It was the first time, you know, in my career, but really in my in my adult life following volleyball that the Big Ten didn't have a team in the Final Four. I mean, for me, I, I actually booked my trip to the Final Four to cover the Big Ten in September, so I, I was bummed to have to cancel that, you know, watching the Wisconsin pit game so intently in that fifth set. Wisconsin comes back. It was a wild game, but I think from what we saw from it, yes, I was surprised, but it also just shows that volleyball really is growing and it's expanding. You know, there are new teams that are getting into the final four going later in the NCAA tournament. So for me, it was cool as just a volleyball fan to see new teams there and, and to watch those teams that were there having built up so many years of, you know, great runs, a team like Louisville, a team like Pitt, who haven't historically always been a final four team, but now we think of those teams as final four teams as they've been there for the past two seasons. I know that California is always a volleyball power in recruiting and a lot of things. So were you surprised that San Diego made it? You know, I, I was kind of riding the San Diego bus definitely toward the end of the season. I think they were a team that surprised everybody. But I think if you looked at the pieces that they had, it was surprising. But then at the same time, it wasn't. I mean, they had shown us all season long how incredible they were as a team, bringing all those transfers in. You know, but of course, Bree Edwards from Indiana, a massive part of that San Diego run. I was more surprised, not necessarily that they made it, but I think that everyone was so surprised that they made it. I mean, they were a good team all season long, you know, taking down some of the top teams in the country, especially early on in non-conference play. But I mean, Jen Petrie has done an incredible job with that team. She's really built that program up. And I would expect them to continue to get better and better. 
when we talked before the season, you said Nebraska was your preseason favorite and Wisconsin ended up winning the Big Ten going 19-1. and Obviously, Kelly Sheffield has done a remarkable job with that program after losing his super seniors the year before winning that national championship. Were you surprised how well the Badgers did this year, just losing one conference game? Yeah, I I think when you look at a team that lost the firepower that they lost, I mean, in every single position, you lose National Player of the Year, Dana Retke, Sidney Hilly, their setter, Lauren Barnes, Libero, and Grace Loberg as an outside. And not only that, but role players as well, like Georgia Chavita, who was huge to that backcourt defense. When you lose that many stars on one team, I think it's always a question of, okay, can this team get back where they were? But then when you take a look at the players that they kept and the players that they had on the bench that were going to make an impact. I wasn't necessarily surprised with how well they did because I knew that Kelly Sheffield, he knows how to build up a program, maybe not from nothing, but he knows how to work to their strengths. And the best example of that is them running a 6-2 all season. I mean, they didn't have one setter that completely stood out all year long. So they used MJ Hamill and Izzy Ashburn, you know, in that 6-2 offense, always in the back row. It's where they always have that firepower up front, you know, on the right side, whether it was Devin Robinson or Anna Smrack. I mean, they just did such an incredible job working with the personnel that they had and really working to their strengths. And I think from the beginning of the season, they had a shaky start. I think they were trying to figure out, you know, how to really run that 6-2 offense, the right lineup that they wanted to have. But you could tell right when Big Ten play started and really toward the end of non-conference play as well, that this team was going to be really good and they could be potentially in contention for a national championship. I think headed into Big Ten play, they seemed like the early favorite to potentially win the Big Ten title. And they showed us every game from then on out that they could do it. Ohio State, of course, made the Elite Eight. We talked about the fact that they scheduled really tough, opening with Texas to start the season in Columbus. And then, of course, they got to the Elite Eight and had to go up against the Longhorns again. We'll get into Ohio State's players here in a little bit, but obviously Jen Flynn Oldenburg knew what she was doing by building a tough schedule, and it set them well going into the postseason. Yeah, that was the number one thing that Jen Flynn Oldenburg said that she wanted to do was build that tough schedule in non-conference to get them ready for Big Ten play. Because Big Ten is the best conference in all of college volleyball, she felt like the year before then, so in 2021, she thought her team wasn't ready to go by the time you know the Big Ten season started. So she knew that this season, meaning last season in 2022, she wanted to have the toughest possible non-conference schedule. And so, yes, when you open up against Texas, Texas, San Diego, Louisville, BYU, Georgia Tech, Pitt. I mean, their non-conference schedule was absolutely packed. And it was so fun to watch this team, you know, not have the best start, you know, drop those two matches to Texas and then drop, you know, get swept by San Diego, but then flip it around and get three top 10 wins right in a row. I mean, Jen Flynn Oldenburg, she knew what she was doing, building that schedule, getting them ready to go by the time conference play started. And you could tell from this team, the way that JFO talked about it and the way that all these players talked about it was it really did get them ready to go for Big Ten play because you can't take a night off. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Wisconsin's or Nebraska's of the Big Ten or if you're playing teams near the bottom, you know, a team like Rutgers or Iowa, you have to be ready to go at all times because those teams that historically maybe have been near the bottom of the Big Ten are getting better every year and they're getting bigger firepower. They're getting better recruits. Um, they just look better as a team 
So when you have that non-conference schedule to really test out the team, you know, maybe drop a few matches, but learn more about your team, learn your strengths, learn where you need to grow. It really helps your team headed into Big Ten play of just being ready to go. You figured out your team as a whole, whether that means, you know, lineups, how they work through adversity, who those leaders are on the court. I think they really figured that out early on and it paid dividends, you know, once they got into Big Ten and postseason play. Minnesota, Nebraska, and Penn State all make the Sweet 16. Now, Hugh McCutcheon retired as Minnesota coach. Keegan Cook is now taking over one of two coaching changes in the conference this offseason. What do you think Minnesota is going to do going forward with Keegan Cook taking over that program? And obviously, again, just like Katie schumacher Collie had to do filling in for Russ Rose, taking over for Hugh McCutcheon. It's so difficult to follow up to a legend. I mean, you mentioned Russ Rose at Penn State, Katie schumacher Collie coming in, getting a ton of recruits and really building up that team in a way that would, you know, make Russ Rose proud, but also in a different way. I mean, you can't have the same cookie cutter system that the coach before you had in order to make that team great. And what I think is so great about Keegan Cook is that he understands the history at Minnesota. You know, he knows all of what Hugh McCutcheon did to build up that program for the past 11 seasons. And he also knows that he has to put his own spin on it. You know, he's coming in with new ideas, new goals, new skills to really work on with this team. And and from conversations I've had with him, I mean, some of those things that he wants to do, and historically he's been so good at, you know, during his time at Washington for eight seasons, you know, they're one of the best serving teams in the country and they have been for the past eight years. And I think that's something that he definitely will bring over from Washington. And I think headed into the season, you're going to see a Minnesota team that could be top of the Big Ten in terms of aces and just serving its opponent out of system. That's one thing he really um, hammers in on. I think the other thing is, you know, when you're following a coach like Hugh McCutcheon, who not a lot of people really, I I don't want to say know that well, because you know him, but you know, he's not a big face in the media. He's not doing, you know, interviews and all of that all the time. But one thing I can tell you about that program is the way he's built it up is really a family atmosphere. I mean, he really wants those players to be like sisters. You know, he wants to lead that team in a way where they feel like they can share anything where they're as close as possible. And so I think hiring Keegan Cook was the perfect guy to insert in there because he did the exact same thing at Washington. I mean, he's such a family centric guy, you know, not just with not just with his own family, but, you know, building up a coaching staff. Um, He he's brought in amazing assistants who, you know, see that vision. They understand the family atmosphere that Keegan Cook wants. And I think they're going to do a great job of implementing that um, this upcoming season and and this offseason. Purdue was another team that made the second round. Obviously, you you knew that Dave Shondell was not going to have the firepower he did the year before. Where do you think the Boilers are at now? I mean, obviously, the expectation is tournaments every year, possibly a deep run. Where do you see them in this offseason? Yeah, I think Purdue's interesting because now when you think of Purdue, you think of Eva Hudson. You know, last year she was a freshman, but man, that outside is an absolute rock star. I mean, she was definitely pretty much the entire year in contention for national freshman of the year. She still has three more years to go of eligibility left for Purdue. So my question is, you know, who can they surround her with to have, you know, that good of an offense as we saw last season? I think they have some new people coming in that can definitely help her out. But I think what Purdue needs to do is, you know, get other hitters to where they don't have to rely on Hudson so much, because from what other teams found about, you know, halfway through the season, really halfway through the Big Ten season was if they were able to 
control Hudson. And that doesn't mean shut her down because I don't think anyone was really able to shut her down like that. But if you were able to slow her down, you could probably win that match. And what they need to do is find some other firepower to kind of balance that load. And they have some great recruits coming in. They have Chloe Shacoin, who's one of the top recruits in the entire country. You know, she's a, I think she's 5'8 or 5'9. She's a shorter outside hitter, but man, she can get up there and she can thump a ball. So I think having her in that lineup is going to be really big for them. And then you have younger players like, you know, Lourdes Myers, who came in sometimes in the middle for them to come in. And again, someone like Raven Colvin in the middle. I think they have kind of a a younger group of core players that are going to, you know, really do a lot of great things for this program. But I think it's going to take another year to get back to what, you know, we think of as Purdue volleyball, thinking back to 2021, that team, you know, with Caitlin Newton, Haley Bush, you know, just all, all stars in their positions. I think Purdue right now is at a point where they're still rebuilding a little bit and figuring out things, but if they can surround Eva Hudson with other firepower and a great setter, I think they'll be in a good spot this upcoming season. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back more with Emily Eamon after this quick timeout, this is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at CarpetCleaningBrothers.com. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. Hi, this is Keandra Brown with Indiana Women's Basketball, and you're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Emily Eamon digital host and volleyball analyst for the Big Ten Network. Emily, we were talking about the teams that made the tournament, several that did not make the tournament, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, Michigan State, Iowa, and Rutgers. Of all those teams, were there any that disappointed you this year that thought, ah, they they should have been better this year? You know, I don't know if there were any teams that were necessarily disappointing. I think, you know, initially it was exciting, like when Rutgers won a conference game, because I think what Caitlin Schweighoffer is doing with that team is incredible. And it's really hard to build up a program in the Big Ten. So for some of those bottom teams, I mean, it's so difficult to try to rebuild that program. And when you look at teams like Michigan State, Iowa, Rutgers, I mean, you have head coaches that are still in their first few years of really figuring everything out, whether that means figuring out how to be a head coach in the Big Ten or how to build up a program in the Big Ten. 
I think these programs are doing a great job of getting better each season. And I mean, we're seeing these teams knock off opponents. You look at a team like Iowa finished four and 16 in the conference, but they had some big wins and that's just not by chance. I mean, Jim Barnes has done an incredible job with that group, really trying to, you know, get more production from the middle, have an entirely new system than what we saw from Vicki Brown. But I think those teams are slowly making progress. So I wouldn't say any of those were necessarily a disappointment, but I do think there were a few teams that definitely surprised me this season, you know, making the really big jump to the middle of the pack big 10, which is really hard to be a part of. And I think one of those teams is Indiana 16 and 16 this year, nine and 11 in the conference. One of their best seasons in a long time, knocked off a top five team in Ohio state, won several road games this year, and they got a lot of kids coming back. What do you see for IU next year? Oh man, this team's going to be good. I mean, you mentioned it. They they won their last three or four games. I think last season, this team could have been so much better, but they dealt with so many injuries. I mean, at times they had DS is playing front row. You know, they had people playing every single position throughout the year. I think if that team was healthy, they would have definitely maybe had an NCAA tournament berth. But I love what Steve Aird is doing with his program. He's now about to enter his sixth season, and we're seeing the gains that they've had. I mean, he's bringing in incredible recruits left and right, you know, good class after good class. And a lot of these players that have been on the team, they're staying on this team. I mean, they really want to see Indiana grow. I mean, I look at a player like Cam Hayworth. I mean, she's been bought in since day one, and and she's one of the most athletic, hardworking, hates to lose kind of girls that that that's exactly what you want on your team. Um, and I, I love the fact that last year we saw them make massive strides. I mean, taking down a team like Ohio state, that is really tough to do, but not only that, I mean, you took down Northwestern at the end of the season, you, you know, second to last game, you beat Illinois. It was an awesome run that this team had. I think if they were healthy, they could have done a bit better, but you know, that's the off season. You want to get those injuries on lock. You want to feel good going into next year. And this team has great players coming in that I think are going to make a big difference too. Michigan's head coach, Mark Rosen retired. Aaron Virtue takes over that program. I know you're very high on her. What do you expect Michigan to do? I know that they were a tournament team a couple years ago, had a little bit of a struggle this year. What do you expect from the Wolverines? When you bring in a head coach, it's kind of, you don't really know what to expect. They could exceed expectations. They could do just as well as they did last year. If they do worse than they did the year before, it's not necessarily a knock on the head coach because typically a lot of players leave when a head coach um, retires. You look at a player like Jess Merzik, she was their star outside, just an absolute stud. She now has two years of eligibility, transferred over to Penn State. So that's a really big knock to that team, to one of their biggest hitters, but also one of their best passers. I know Erin Virtue well. She coached me for three seasons at Northwestern before she took over full-time with USA Volleyball as an assistant coach. But man, she's a rock star. I mean, she just... She knows technique so well. I mean, she was an all-star setter, you know, played at Illinois, was on the national team. Her technique is so good that I think whoever she ends up with on Michigan, whether they bring in transfers, new recruits, you know, the people that are there, what have you, I think she's going to do a really good job of making them fundamentally sound. And she's going to make sure that that gym is one of the most hardworking in the country. She does not take any slack. She wants you to run from point A to point B. She's an awesome motivator. She's a great person. She gets to know her players so well. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily know what to expect from this team this upcoming season. You know, if they make the tournament, that would be so great for them. I don't know if they will just with how good I think the Big Ten is going to be again this upcoming season and with those teams that 
have had question marks or, you know, gaining ranks in the Big Ten. We'll see where they end up. But I, I'm honestly just excited to watch Erin Virtue in action. I mean, her first season as a head coach, um, I'm really proud of her. The transfer portal, the favorite part of this interview here. 34 <laughs> players have transferred out. Every school but IU has lost at least one. Ohio State, Northwestern have lost five. Michigan State's lost four. There have been 15 players that have transferred in. I know Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue have not gotten any. Now, of course, several big names have transferred within the conference. Several have left. One, who are you shocked to see move on out of the conference? And who are you shocked to see that stayed in conference and going somewhere else? Ooh, great question. I think... In the conference, I mean, the biggest one is definitely Mac Pedraza. She was a four-year setter at Ohio State, started every season. I mean, Penn State hit the jackpot with her, headed over to State College for her fifth season, graduated setter Salesa Elisaya, who was a rock star for them last year, and did a really good job. But I think having Pedraza in just allows a sort of relief, I think, for all the hitters that maybe we're either still there or transferred in there to have this rock star setter. I mean, an All-American, you know, 2022 Big Ten setter of the year. Having her on your team is such a relief because they know that in any situation, they're going to get a good ball. She works so hard. She's one of the best leaders that at least I think I've seen in, in recent history in, in Big Ten volleyball. To have her on that team, I think, is really, really big. And then I think the biggest to transfer out of the conference in my mind, and this might be an, an underrated player, but <clears throat> to me, Gabby Gonzalez going to Oregon, I think is is exciting. And I, I personally, I love the Oregon program. Their head coach, Matt Ulmer, is one of my favorite coaches in the country. He's such a rock star. And I think for, for Gabby, I mean, she did such a great job on that team, really holding down the fort and just being that steady, consistent piece that I think they needed all season long. And for a team like Oregon, I mean, they're graduating Brooke Nonavelle, one of the best outsides in the entire country. Having Gabby step in on that team in that role, I think is going to be really big for them. But of course, I wish she stayed in the Big Ten, so I got to cover her a little bit more. But that was definitely surprising, but, you know, exciting for her to start a new chapter in Eugene. We've only got a minute or two left. Of course, USC and UCLA were about a year and a half out from them entering the conference. So have you called your travel agent to make sure your trips to LA are already set? Oh, I'm about to try to get every game out there. I want to rack up the miles, get a little bit of sunshine in November. I am so excited for them to join the Big Ten and two historic programs that, you know, there's only a handful of teams that have won national titles and to bring in two more to the Big Ten. I mean, this conference is already stacked, but man, is it about to be crazy. It is about to be crazy for sure. And of course, we look forward to Big Ten volleyball in the fall. And I know when preseason hits, you will be back on this program and we will be previewing the upcoming season. Emily, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to catch up to you and always fun to talk Big Ten volleyball. And again, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Of course. Can't wait to be back on. Thank you so much for having me. My thanks to Emily Eamon for being my guest this week. And IU Sports Baseball host Miami of Ohio tomorrow, 4 o'clock at Bar Kaufman Field. Men's basketball at Michigan State, 9 on ESPN. Wednesday, men's swimming at the Big Ten Championships in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Thursday, the Hoosiers will be in Ann Arbor for the championships. 
Also, Friday, indoor track and field at the Big Ten Championships in Geneva, Ohio. Men's swimming at the Big Ten Championships in Ann Arbor. Men's tennis at Cornell. Women's water polo at the UC Irvine Invite. Softball faces UConn at 11 a.m. in Delaware at 1.30 in Greensboro, North Carolina. And baseball is at Texas at 7.30 on Saturday. Men's swimming closes out the Big Ten Championships in Ann Arbor. Indoor track and field at the Big Ten Championships in Geneva, Ohio. Women's water polo at the UC Irvine Invite. Women's tennis hosts Western Michigan at 10 a.m. Women's soccer takes on IUPUI at noon at Grand Park in Westfield in a spring game. Men's soccer at Butler, 1.30 p.m. in a spring game. Softball at UNC Greensboro and will play a second game that day as the Hoosiers will also play in the UNC Greensboro tournament on Sunday at either 10 or 12.30 depending on results. On Saturday, baseball is at Texas, 2 o'clock men's basketball at Purdue, 7.30 on Fox. Sunday, women's water polo at the UC Irvine Invite. Women's tennis hosts Belmont at 11 a.m. Baseball at Texas, 1 o'clock and women's basketball at Iowa, 2 p.m. on ESPN. Thank you for joining us this evening, and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jameson. Join us throughout the week on social media, and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports. was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.